وَأَنْ and that لا تعلو do not be haughty do not exalt yourselves على الله against Allah meaning do not be arrogant towards Allah لا تعلو على الله علو what does علو mean? علو is to be high and تعلو على meaning having this علو above or against someone it means to be arrogant towards them to be arrogant towards them. Because think of it this way. Ulu against someone is to raise oneself over and above the other. Alright? Now what is our status? Who's the Malik? Allah is the Malik. And who are the servants? We are the servants. So who is higher? Allah is. And who is lower? We are. Right? So ulu ala Allah is what? Being arrogant towards Allah. Raising oneself over Allah. Giving oneself priority over Allah. And Fir'aun had actually done that by declaring that he himself was God. And then denying the messenger of Allah, denying the commands of Allah, this is also arrogance towards Allah. So la ta'lu ala Allah. Do not be arrogant towards Allah. Inni atikum. Indeed, I have come to you. Bisultanim mubin with a clear proof. Meaning, I will present clear proofs to you to show my truthfulness. And what were the clear proofs that Musa salam presented? The miracles and the evidences. Fir'aun, what did he do? He got very annoyed and he threatened to kill Musa salam. So Musa salam said, "Wa inni uzdu," and indeed I have taken refuge birabbi in my Lord, wa rabbikum, and also in your Lord. I have taken refuge with Allah, who is my Lord and your Lord too. Even if you don't believe in Him, He's still your God. An tarjumuni, lest you stone me. Tarjumuni rajim mim rajm. What does rajm mean? To stone someone to death. And Fir'aun had threatened to do that. He had threatened to kill Musa alayhi salam. And this was many times. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 29, we learn, Fir'aun said, قَالَ لَإِنِ اتَّخَفْتَ إِلَهًا غَيْرِي لَأَجْعَلَنَّكَ مِنَ الْمَسْجُونِينَ If you take any god besides me, I am going to imprison you. In Surah Ghafir, Ayah 26, we learn, وَقَالَ فِرْعَوْنُ ذَرُونِي أَقْتُلْ مُوسَى وَلْيَدْعُ رَبَّهُ Fir'aun said, let me be, I will kill Musa. Let him call upon his Lord to defend him, to save him. In Surah Ghafir, Ayah 27, we learned that Musa responded. He said, إِنِّي عُزْتُ بِرَبِّي وَرَبِّكُمْ مِنْ كُلِّ مُتَكَبِّرٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُ بِيَوْمِ الْحِسَابِ And over here, similar words are mentioned. Musa further said, وَإِنْ and if لَمْ تُؤْمِنُوا You do not believe. Li for me. If you do not listen to me, تُؤْمِنُوا لِي آمَنَ لِي You see, sometimes we learn, يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ بِي آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ Right? When the word iman is followed by bi, it means to believe in something, to have that iman, to have that faith. Alright? آمَنَ لِي When it's followed by lam, like over here, it means to listen to someone. To accept what they're saying. So Musa alayhi salam said, إِلَّمْ تُؤْمِنُوا لِي 
If you're not going to listen to me, you're not going to believe my words and accept what I'm telling you. And what was he telling them? What was he telling them? To let the Bani Israel go, right? To believe in Allah, to not be arrogant towards Allah, to believe that Musa was a prophet. All of the things that Musa was telling them, he said, if you don't want to listen to me, then fatazilouni, then leave me, let me be. Keep away from me. Fatazilouni, i'tazala, is to keep away. And ni at the end indicates me. Meaning, let me be, don't be with me, and don't be against me. Right? La ma'i wa la alayya. You don't want to listen to me? You don't want to be on my side? Well, you don't have to be against me. This is a very wrong way of thinking. That either you are with us or you are against us. I mean, who are we to impose this on people? That either you become like us, you support us 100%, and if you're not supporting us 100%, then we will treat you as enemies. This is wrong. This is what Fir'aun did. Right? And Musa is telling him, that look, you don't want to believe in me? Fine, let me be. Why are you after my life? Why are you after my life? Leave me alone. Let me do my thing. And the same thing was happening in Mecca also. Wasn't it? The Prophet ﷺ was doing da'wah to people. And when people refused, they didn't just refuse. What did they do? They began opposing him. Isn't it? And they weren't even satisfied with that. They went outside of Makkah, in the main roads that led into Makkah, and all the pilgrims that would be coming into Makkah, they would warn them about Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, ilam tu minuli fartaziluni. You don't want to listen to me? Fine, just let me be. Fadaa rabbahu. But did Firaun leave him? Did Firaun stop persecuting Musa alaihi salam? No. In fact, he increased his persecution of the Bani Israel. He revived that previous genocide, right? That he started slaughtering the sons of Bani Israel again. فَدَعَا رَبَّهُ So after a long time, فَدَعَا رَبَّهُ Musa salam, He made dua to his Lord. He called upon his Lord. And we have read the details earlier, that how Musa salam was in Egypt for such a long time. Right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent several hardships upon the people of Fir'aun in order that they may return to Allah. But each time a hardship was sent, Fir'aun would say to Musa salam, call upon your Lord to remove this from us. If it's removed, we will believe. What would happen? The difficulty would be removed and Fir'aun would go back to his ways. So Musa salam made dua to Allah. It seems fada'a rabbahu, it happened very quickly. Rather it happened after many, many years. فَدَعَا رَبَّهُ أَنَّ هَؤُلَاءِ قَوْمٌ That indeed these people are mujrimun, they are a criminal people. They are a criminal nation. It's not just the leader, it's not just Fir'aun who is a criminal. It's every single one of these people. They're all part of this crime. قَوْمٌ mujrimun. How are they a mujrim nation? How are they a criminal people? What crime were they committing? Was it just of disbelief? No. It was also of oppression on Bani Israel, torturing them. 
So innaha ulai qaumun mujrimun. We learn in Surah Yunus, ayah 88 and 89, the detail of this dua. Where Musa a.s. prayed, that وَقَالَ مُوسَى رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ آتَيْتَ فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَلَأَهُ زِينَةً وَأَمْوَالًا فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا That, O oh, our Lord, you have given Fir'aun and his people a lot of wealth, a lot of adornment of this worldly life. And, O oh, our Lord, لِيُضِلُّ عَنْ سَبِيلِكَ They are leading people astray from your way. رَبَّنَا اطْمِسْ عَلَىٰ أَمْوَالِهِمْ وَاشْتُدْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ So Musa a.s. prayed against Fir'aun. That, O oh Allah, obliterate, wipe out their richness. All of this wealth that they have, which is keeping them away from the truth and also making them misguide others, destroy this wealth. So what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted the dua of Musa a.s. Musa a.s. was told, فَأَسْرِ بِعِبَادِي فَأَسْرِ So set out at night. Asri from the word Isra, and Isra is to travel at night. سِينُ رَايَا So set out in the night, بِعِبَادِي with my servants, meaning with the Bani Israel. Fir'aun is not letting them go, you take them now. So basically, just as the Prophet ﷺ did hijrah from Makkah, how? Secretly. The Muslims from Makkah, they did hijrah to Habasha. How? Secretly. Even to Medina, they did hijrah secretly. Because if they went openly, what would happen? They'd be killed. They'd be prevented. And this happened with many Muslims who were migrating from Makkah, but they were caught and they were brought back and they were imprisoned in their own homes, jailed in their own homes. Their properties were confiscated from them. Some of them were killed. So, in order to save their lives, they had to do hijrah. How? Secretly. The Bani Israel also had to do this hijrah secretly. فَأَسْرِ بِعِبَادِي لَيْلًا In the night. إِنَّكُمْ Indeed you muttabaun Wants to be pursued. You will be followed. Plural of the word muttaba' From ittiba' What does ittiba' mean? Ittiba' is to follow. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned Musa salam that leave but know that you will be pursued by who? By who? By Fir'aun and his armies. And so Musa salam left with the Bani Israel secretly at night. What happened? As they traveled, what did they find in front of them? Water. And then, who was behind them? Who was approaching? Fir'aun. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered Musa alayhi to throw his stick into the water and the water parted and a road appeared, dry path appeared so that the Bani Israel could cross the sea easily. And when they did, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa alayhi that وَاتْرُكْ and leave الْبَحْرَ the sea رَهْوًا in stillness meaning don't touch it. Let it be. Leave it as it is. Once you cross the sea, don't worry about closing it. Don't worry about closing that pathway. Rahwan, from the root letters, Raha, wow. Rahu is to be quiet, still, calm, tranquil. This is Rahu. And what it means over here is, Kamahua, as it is. Leave the sea as it is. Because if you think about it, when you're running away from someone, what do you want to ensure? That they can't catch up with you. And when you want that they don't catch up with you, 
what do you do? You throw things in the way and you see this in movies, right? They will throw the most random things in the way so that people cannot catch up with them. But Musa a.s. is told, leave the sea untouched as it is. Leave the path. Alright? And what happened? Pharaoh, when he came, he went into the sea also. On the same path that the Bani Israel went on. To pursue the Bani Israel. But what happened? The water closed in on Pharaoh and his armies. Allah says, إِنَّهُمْ indeed they جُنْدٌ They are an army that is مُغْرَقُونَ That is to be drowned. مُغْرَقُونَ غَيْنْ رَقَافٍ in Surah Taha, Ayah 77, this is also mentioned that وَلَقَدْ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَى مُوسَى أَنْ أَسْرِ بِعِبَادِي فَاضْرِبْ لَهُمْ طَرِيقًا فِي الْبَحْرِ يَبَسًا لَا تَخَافُ دَرَكًا وَلَا تَخْشَى That we reveal to Musa السلام, that travel in the night with my servants and then when you reach the sea then strike a path, a dry path into it and you will not be afraid of any of being overtaken by Fir'aun or of drowning. Meaning you'll, you'll be safe. However, Fir'aun and his people, they will be jundum mughraqoon. Allah says, Kam taraku. Come, how many? Taraku, they left. Who left? Fir'aun and his people. Min jannatin of gardens, waruyun and springs. What happened? Fir'aun, he was drowned in the sea with his people. And Allah says, what happened after them? That kam taraku, how many? Meaning so many. Kam is a question, but it shows kathra. It shows abundance. That how many gardens and springs they left behind. Jannat is a plural of jannah, orchards, fruit orchards. Uryun, ayn. The singular is ayn, flowing fountains. وَزُرُورٍ Zurur plural of zarr. Sown fields. They left them behind, but there was no one to harvest them. وَمَقَامٍ And sites, stations. Maqam, place of qiyam. It can refer to a residence, a house, a place of work, a shop, a court. مَقَامٍ Karim, Karim noble. How many noble sites, glorious residences, splendid courts, these people left behind them. وَنَعْمَةٍ And other comforts also. Na'ma, Ni'ma is blessing, and Na'ma is used for comfort, ease, prosperity. Meaning anything that is a means of comfort and ease and pleasure for a person, and it's also ample. So there's two things in na'mah. There are two things in na'mah. What are they? First of all, comfort and ease. And secondly, abundance. Right? So, وَنَعْمَةٍ So many luxuries. So many blessings. كَانُوا They were fiha in it. فَاكِهِينَ Ones rejoicing. فَاكِهِينَ Plural of فَاكِه One who is amused, one who is happy, enjoying. They used to be so happy in those blessings. They enjoyed, they were merry, they rejoiced, but they have left all of it. Kadalik, thus it was. That Fir'aun and his people, they left all of these blessings. They went pursuing Musa salam, And what happened? Fir'aun and his people drowned. Kadalik, wa'awrathnaha. And we caused to inherit it. 
we made someone else inherit it. Who? Qawman, a people that were akhareen, others. Some other people came and took over those residences, took over those properties. Some other people came and now and harvested those fields. Now the question is, who were those people? Certainly it was not the Bani Israel. Because the Bani Israel, they had crossed the sea and went to the other side. They were in the desert for the next 40 years. And then from there, they went to their homeland. Isn't it? So who took over the palaces you know, and this civilization of Fir'aun? Who did? Allahu A'lam. But the point over here is that Fir'aun and his people were no longer the owners. They were no longer the owners. They no longer enjoyed the blessings that Allah had given them. And we see that till today, the remnants of the civilization, right? They are sitting in the hands of other people. Isn't it? You go to any western country, you go to any museum, what is it that you'll find over there? Exactly, Egyptian artifacts. Isn't it? And just up until very recently, these pyramids and these places, they were literally plundered. People would go in to steal things, to find things in there, right? And smuggle them and sell them and make so much money. Imagine. Things that were kept with so much care. Things that were so dear to their owners. So dear because of which they refused to believe in Musa salam, Because it was the wealth of Fir'aun that made him arrogant. It was his power that made him arrogant. It was his mulk, it was his kingdom that made him arrogant. He looked down on the Bani Israel, he looked down on Musa salam. Why? Because he said, we are richer, they are not. We have this great civilization and they don't. We are the owners and they are the slaves, they are the workers. But what happened to the same wealth, the same mulk, which prevented Fir'aun from believing? It got left behind. It's in the hands of other people. Useless. كذلك وأورثناها قوما آخرين فما so not بكت it wept بكت بكاء to cry to weep بكاف wow ما بكت it did not cry عليهم over them over who over the death of this civilization فرعون and his people when they died. No one cried over them. Especially as-sama'u wal-ard. Neither the sky nor the earth. فَمَا بَكَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضِ The sky and the earth did not weep over them. Did not shed a tear for them. وَمَا كَانُوا مُنْظَرِينَ And they were not given respite either. No one felt pity for these criminals. Now the question is, how could the sky and the earth cry for a person? You see, usually when a person dies, right? When a person dies, do people cry for him? Yes. Even if they've never met him, even if they've never you know, known him on a personal level, but the loss of any human being, right? human life, this is a source of grief. Isn't it? Which is why we see that once the Prophet ﷺ, he was with his companions and a janazah was taken and that janazah was of a mushrik. So the Prophet ﷺ, you know, he showed some respect and the people said he was a mushrik. 
And the Prophet ﷺ said, was he not a human being? Was he not a human being? He was a human being. Yes, he was a mushrik. Whatever happens in the hereafter, of course, that is well known. However, human being. The fact that another human being dies, it makes us sad. Isn't it? Allah says that, فَمَا بَكَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضِ The sky and the earth did not cry for Fir'aun and his people. Do the sky and the earth cry for people? Do they? We see that when Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh radiallahu anhu, when he died, the throne of Allah shook. It shook, it shuddered. You know, we look at the creation thinking that it's inanimate, it doesn't feel anything. But it does. The sky and the earth. We see that when a believer dies, then the earth is sad. Which earth? The land, the piece of earth on which he used to worship Allah. Where he used to recite the Qur'an. Where he used to walk. It is sad. It's going to miss him. What's the proof of this? The mimbar on which the Prophet ﷺ would address the people. When the Prophet ﷺ replaced the mimbar, that mimbar wept. It sobbed. And the crying was heard by the Sahaba. This is reported in Bukhari. And the Prophet ﷺ went to that piece of wood and he you know, comforted it. So these things... The things of this world, they also grow attached to the believer. They grow attached to the believer. And so when a believer dies, they are sad. The earth is sad. And even the sky is sad. Why is the sky sad? Because those deeds are no longer going to be sent up. You see, in the earth is the musalla or the masjid, the place where a person prays. And in the sky is the mas'ad, the place to where the good deeds ascend. Correct? So when the believer dies, that musalla and that mas'ad, they are sad. That now this beautiful you know, way has been discontinued. It's not going to continue anymore. But Fir'aun and his people, this entire civilization, when they finished, when they died, the sky and the earth did not cry over them at all. Another meaning of this is that what is meant by the sky and the earth is the inhabitants of the sky and the inhabitants of the earth. Alright? The inhabitants of the sky meaning the angels and the inhabitants of the earth meaning people. You see, any person, when he dies, you know, people find out even if there's five people, three people, two people, somebody, you know, will pray janazah. Somebody will offer words of condolence. Somebody will say R.I.P. Right? Somebody. But Fir'aun and his people, when they died, no one felt pity for them. No one missed them. No one shed a tear for them. وَالْعِيَاذُ billah. That a person dies in such a way, that the earth and its inhabitants are relieved, that finally this guy is gone. Finally this woman is gone. They were a burden on us, finally they're dead, they're away, we've gotten rid of them. We don't want to live our lives like this. You see, all of us are going to die. We're not going to live eternally. And we need to think about 
how we will be remembered when we die. When we are gone, are we going to be missed? Not just by our friends who will say, you know, she used to say such nice jokes and I used to love her company. She's not there anymore. And yes, after one year, she's got more friends now. Not in that way. What I mean is, when we die, what are we leaving behind us? Because of which we will be remembered. What are we doing? And we will be remembered not because of the wealth that we have accumulated, not because of the power that we have, not because of the physical beauty that we have, but because of the change that we create in this world. And we need to think about what change can we create. This is so relevant. Muhammad Ali just passed away. And it's amazing how the whole world is remembering him. For what? For what? For his boxing? I mean, that is also great. But greater than that is what? The change that he created. Right? His Islam. And the change that he created. I mean, he's taken as a role model by so many people, not just Muslims, but so many people. Stand up for what you believe and be unapologetic. Right? What you believe to be true, then stick to it. And no matter what happens, no matter what you have to lose, isn't that what happened with him? Didn't he have to lose something to stand up for what he believed? He did. But that loss was temporary. Allah gave him much more back. Isn't it? So what do we learn from this? Live meaningful lives. Create change. Think about your impact. What impact are we going to have? فَمَا بَكَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا كَانُوا مُنْظَرِينَ 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 One who's given respite. وَلَقَدْ نَجَّيْنَا Allah says, certainly we rescued Bani Israel, the children of Israel مِنَ الْعَذَابِ الْمُهِينَ From the humiliating punishment. We saved the Bani Israel from the humiliating punishment. What was the humiliating punishment? Humiliating torment rather. The torture that Fir'aun had inflicted on them. Right? And why is it described as humiliating? Because they were enslaved. They were forced to work. Their children were being killed. This was humiliation upon humiliation. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 49, this is mentioned. وَإِذْ نَجَّيْنَاكُمْ مِنْ آلِ فِرْعَوْنِ يَسُومُونَكُمْ سُوءَ الْعَذَابِ يُذَبِّحُونَ أَبْنَاءَكُمْ وَيَسْتَحْيُونَ نِسَاءَكُمْ Min Fir'aun, from Fir'aun. Allah saved them from Fir'aun. Innahu, indeed he was. Kana, he was aliyan, a haughty, arrogant person. Min al-Musrifeen, from among the transgressors. He was Ali. Ali, as in one who had exalted himself. One who was extremely arrogant. And Musrifeen, Musrif, one who transgressed all limits, did not stop at any length in oppressing and torturing others. I mean, look at the way that he tortured his own wife. Really. Look at how Fir'aun tortured his own wife. In hadith we learned that he had her nailed, literally with four pegs. Her hands, her feet pegged so that she couldn't move. And then he had people standing there torturing her so much so that they would get tired and they would go away for a break. And when they would go away, the angels would shade her. And in that state, she made dua to Allah. 
So Fir'aun was really a musrif. إِنَّهُ كَانَ عَالِيًا مِنَ الْمُسْرِفِينَ But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That Allah saved Bani Israel from Fir'aun. What does this teach us? Hope. No Ali person is too Ali for Allah. No arrogant person is too great for Allah. Allah is the greatest. Right? No israf is too big for Allah to finish. Allah is the greatest. إِنَّهُ كَانَ عَالِيًا مِنَ الْمُسْرِفِينَ وَلَقَدْ And certainly, اِخْتَرْنَاهُمْ We chose them. Allah chose the Bani Israel. Allah selected them. He didn't choose Fir'aun and his people, rather he chose Bani Israel. Ala ilmin. Why did Allah choose Bani Israel? Because of ilm, because of knowledge. Which knowledge? Allah's knowledge. Meaning Allah knew that the Bani Israel were worthy of this and not Fir'aun. Right? Secondly, ala ilmin, because of knowledge, meaning because of the knowledge of Bani Israel. Fir'aun had money, lots of power. But Bani Israel, what did they have? The knowledge of Allah. Yes, they weren't great scholars, but they had some faith, some iman. They had some ilm of the truth. And that was enough to bring them preference over Fir'aun. What does this teach us? What does this teach us? What is greater, knowledge or wealth? Knowledge. You see, Fir'aun and his people had everything of this world. But Allah did not choose them. Instead, He chose Bani Israel. وَلَقَدْ اِخْتَرْنَاهُمْ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عَلَىٰ الْعَالَمِينَ Above the people of the worlds. وَآتَيْنَاهُمْ And we gave them مِنَ الْآيَاتِ From the signs. Meaning miracles. Plural of ayah. Many miracles through Musa salam. And also, once they were saved, they were in the desert. Many signs, many blessings. Like what? وَظَلَّلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْغَمَامَ وَأَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَنَّ وَالسَّلْوَىٰ And then remember the water also. The twelve springs. مَا فِيهِ And this was just the beginning. The Bani Israel later on received even more miracles, more blessings. And all of these ayat were such that مَا فِيهِ That فِيهِ in it They were such that in them was بَلَاءٌ مُّبِينٌ Bala'un, a trial, mubin, clear. A clear trial. Meaning, they were a clear test of their shukr or kufr. That what were they going to do? Were they going to be grateful or were they going to be ungrateful? Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.
فأسر بعبادي ليلا إنكم متبعون واترك البحر رهوا إنهم جند مغرقون كم تركوا من جنات وعيون وزروع ومقام كريم ونعمة كانوا فيها فاكهين كذلك وأورثناها قوما آخرين فما بكت عليهم السماء والأرض وما كانوا منظرين ولقد نجينا بني إسرائيل من العذاب المهين من فرعون إنه كان عاليا من المسرفين ولقد اخترناهم على علم على العالمين وآتيناهم من الآيات ما فيه بلاغ 